0: Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence. Be assured of your salvation in Christ and God's unconditional love for you. From the book of John, the 8th chapter, in certain selected passages, you will find these words so written. And Jesus spake to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees then said to him, You are bearing witness to yourself. Your testimony is not true. And then beginning with the 31st verse. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Lord, help us to understand what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to tell us today about discipleship. The scripture that I read to you this morning has great meaning. Maybe I should put it this way, it can have great meaning for it. It depends upon whether or not we pay attention to it. And I suppose some of us will and some of us will not, as it was in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am thinking about two friends that I have known down through the years. One of them, a maiden lady, had taken care of her father and mother until they passed away and never finding time to be married or to be given in marriage. Said to a group of us, and I have to be in hearing of her statement, saying, It seems to me that I have lived, and yet I have not lived. I am thinking about a man that is a bastion, has something of the same responsibility and took something of the same responsibility that the lady that I'm talking about. He took care of his age, mother and father, until they passed away. And yet I do not know of another person upon the face of this earth that I think is any more living, creative, dynamically, and enjoying it any more than this uh, young man. And I think it would be a real insult or a stupid statement to make even to him to ask him whether or not he really thought that he was living. all you have to do is be with him a little while and you realize that he is truly living. Now what makes a difference between these two people? Is it one has more money than the other and when I know the situation as limited as I do and I cannot say that that's the thing that makes a difference at all? Is it because one is able to travel and the other is not? No, they can travel, I guess, uh, where they will and where they want to. That cannot be it is because the one has accepted the responsibility of life and the other has not and I look at the situation and cannot conclude that that would make any difference because both of them had been more than loyal and dedicated as a daughter and as a son in a beautiful way. What is it that makes the difference? Lord Jesus Christ answers that question for us. I can see precisely This is what the Lord Jesus Christ was trying to tell those people of long ago. How is it that two people can be born in the proximity of one another, even in the same family? And one comes to the knowledge of life and the other one does not. How can it be within this society of ours that is the richest in the world? And one is able to have life and the other one, say, in essence that I have lived, and yet it seems I have not lived. When the Lord Jesus Christ gave the answer to that question, the people wanted to argue with him. They wanted to dispute with him. In fact, when he told them what the true situation was, it made them so mad that this was the beginning of the end for the Lord Jesus Christ. From this time forth, they sought to kill him. They would rather kill him than to listen to what he had to say to them about life and about the way to live this life. Basically, he said there are two things for us to do. And then he points out a great result that will take place. You know, in essence, the greatness of living or the fullness of life comes as a byproduct. It's a result of something. And it can be seen so beautifully here in what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. Basically, he said that you need to believe in me. And when he told them that this is what they needed to do and tried to inform them about the situation, you remember, as the scripture points out to us, or records rather, that they said of him that you are bearing testimony to yourself. Now, this is the worst possible charge that could ever be brought to any prophet. Now this was just a nasty thing to say. And your testimony is not true. But Jesus told them, you need to believe not only in me, but you need to believe in the God that sent me. You see, beloved, discipleship starts when you believe not only in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you begin to believe in the God that sent Christ. We have such a fuzzy concept of God. When will we come to the place where we will really accept what Jesus told us about the loving nature of God, about the fatherhood of God, about a God that loves us so perfectly and so greatly that he was willing to sacrifice his only son in order that we might be part of the kingdom and be redeemed and restored to our rightful place in the kingdom of God. Now it doesn't make any difference what you find in life that you might think disputes this. It is simply because you do not understand what the situation really is. Do not let anything come between you and the knowledge that you have of a loving, kind, considerate, understanding God if you for one moment could make me ever believe the most depraved person upon the face of this earth and you could make me see that God doesn't love this person I don't think that I'd ever come back to the pulpit again the truth of it is God does love every one of us he has a great love for you because he created you he called you into existence and because of the sinful nature that you fell into and was born into that he sent his son in order that you might be redeemed and have a part and place in the kingdom of God when you believe what the Lord Jesus Christ said about sin how terrible it really is how it can warp and twist you and what it can do with you and your relationship with God then you're in a position To hear what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. And when you can accept what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying about the true meaning and purpose of life. You're in a position to be very effective in this life. Oh it may seem that you were created for 10 billion different reasons or causes. And you have many reasons for living and a purpose for living other than the one that God created you to be and for, and that was to be a disciple. A disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. First thing Jesus said, if you're going to have life, and to have it right now, you need to believe. What do you believe? Beloved, I wouldn't give you a damn for listen to what you've got to say. If you say this is what I think or this is what I hope, but when it comes to the place where you can say this is what I know, and then we're in a position to have understanding and you're in a position to have something to say to this world. But as long as you come along in this life and you just hope this and that and the other, Beloved, you're not going to be what God intended for you to be. You will never be the force for him. You will never be the dynamic person that he has called you to be. There are some things that you can know, as we will see. The first thing is to believe. The second thing, it's all stated right here. If you will continue in my word, Now, what in the world is he talking about when he calls for us to continue in his word? Well, I would think it would include something like this. It simply means that you continue to listen for the word of God or to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You listened to him yesterday. I will listen to him today. And I will pay attention to what he says to me tomorrow. And I will try to keep my life in a position where he can speak to me and where I can hear him when he speaks to me. And, beloved, that takes some doings to do. But to abide in the word of God simply means that you will keep yourself in a spiritual condition where you can hear the Lord Jesus Christ when he speaks to you. There's no need worrying about what happened yesterday or what he might say to you tomorrow. Let us be in a position today within our spiritual being where we can hear God speak to us. I was talking to a man not too long ago, a man that I greatly respect and have high esteem for. And he says, I never make a decision, a major decision within my life that concerns my life or my family or another person without really consulting the Lord Jesus Christ the best I know how to see whether or not it squares uh, with uh, what he has to say in his teaching. Now that sounds like a preacher, doesn't it? But this man happens to be a lawyer and a businessman within our city and a quite successful one. And what a man. This is it. A man that will abide in my word. A man that will continue to learn. You see, a disciple is a learner. And that's glorious. Isn't that wonderful? Beloved, I have found something that is absolutely amazing to me. You know, wouldn't it be sort of a tragic when you think about it if you could read the scriptures one time and in one reading of it you would know everything that needs to be known? Or isn't it more wonderful to read the scriptures one time and your soul is satisfied and then you read it again and you even get a greater meaning out of it you read it again and another place within your soul is penetrated until at last, sometimes you wonder not whether you can stand it or not whether you're going to turn into a shouting Methodist after all. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, it's a tragedy that we have the scriptures within our home, but we really never have it within our heart. The place that can really do us the good, that it needs to be done for us. Beloved, you may have ten Bibles, but the only part of the Word of God that's going to do you any good is that you understand and have lodged within your heart and your soul. The rest of it as far as you're concerned, is not too good. Of what the magnificent things come to us. The only way I can compare it is you walk through a beautiful garden and you go from one place to the garden into another beautiful spot. And it's difficult for you to tell which spot of the garden is the more beautiful. That's all beautiful. And gives you a sense of well being. Gives you a sense of understanding and that you belong to God. You know, some some years ago, the young people, two or three times a year, would go on a progressive dinner. They would have something at one place and vegetable at another and meat at another and dessert at another. And I've been on those two or three times and you always feel better as you go along. And when you get to the dessert, you're feeling mighty good about that time because the meal is all put together. And this is what it means to abide in the word of God. Is to study it in such a way that there's part of it that is lodged within your heart and your soul. And you can come to the place to know, as the Apostle Paul did, if an angel should come from heaven and tell you something different, you would know because you know what you know within your own heart and soul abiding within my word speaks of study and meditation on the word of God you cannot read it once and know what Jesus is saying or all that he has to say to you because it takes time months years you know I would hope to God that if I have the privilege of knowing you years from now five years from now and you me And after you talk to me a little while, that you would be able to ascertain, well, he's not the same guy that he was. He seems to have greater understanding. He seems to have something that he didn't have before. I would hate to think that this is as far as I could go in the kingdom of God. Beloved, I look forward to each day learning something new about life, about myself, and about the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you something, that this life can truly be an adventure if you will let it be, and it can be, and I believe that God intended for it to be if you will abide with him as he has asked you to. It also speaks, that abiding in the word of God speaks of obedience, discipline, dedication. What do you really believe? And what are you really giving your life to? Do you want to stand and argue with the Lord Jesus Christ and tell him this is not the way that you have found it, and this is not the way that you believe it to be so? Or can we come to the place where we will accept him in obedience to his will, knowing full well that it is he and he alone that has the words of life? This is what Peter said so many years ago to the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the people were leaving Jesus and turning aside because the way was getting pretty rough and he was calling a pretty straight and narrow line. And you know, the gulf one day was widening between Jesus and his people and thank God for Peter, he spoke up and Jesus turned to him and you remember said, well, will you also leave me? And Peter turned to Jesus and said, Lord, if we knew of a better place to go, we would have been gone long, long ago. You know, I like that. We're not completely left destitute. There was one that represented us and was willing to step into the breach and say to the Lord Jesus Christ, there isn't any other place. We recognize the fact that you have the words of life and if we could have found it any other place, we wouldn't be here with you today. But we are here. Because we know you to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And not an argument, but a confirmation within her own heart and her own soul. The words that were brought to us by the Lord Jesus Christ was a message of God to us. Remain in His Word. It's important. Now, if you will do these two things, Believe and remain in the word of God, there will be two fantastic things that will happen to you, and it's the only way they can happen to you. And now let me take just a few moments to call that to your attention. It is so fantastic. Notice what he says. If you will believe and abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Beloved, that is a fact. That is a fact. If I have gleaned anything from the word of God, and if I understand anything about what can happen to a man or to a person, that this can really be so. That you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, what are we talking about when we talk about freedom? Well, a freedom that comes to us to untangle this knotty, thorny life that we're mixed up in. Now there's only one way that I know of that a life can truly be untangled and to be understood and a person can be put at ease and be in the right mind and know what's going on and that is with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Any person that I've ever talked to that's mixed up within our society and confused and frustrated, They really never touch ground unless I can help them to see Christ as being their Savior and their Lord. And I can tell you some fantastic things that have happened to people when they would break through for the first time and begin to see that Jesus is the Savior of their own heart and their own soul. Miraculous things. Unbelievable would be to me, if I hadn't been part of it, to be a witness to what takes place within a person's life. When we lose a sense of what is truth, we begin to drift. We begin to drift. Because you see it is here that we can get a sense of what is true and value, and what is true about life, and what is true that we should be connected with in life, Beloved, what are you giving your life to at this very hour? Oh, you may have been giving it to the Lord Jesus Christ years ago, and you may even be today, and thank God for it if you are. But you see, you may want to ask yourself this question, what am I really giving my life to? Am I giving it to my job, my work, my position, to make money, to gain things? What am I really giving my life to? Or is this just something that I do after I've taken care of? I've given myself to the Lord Jesus Christ and to his kingdom. And beloved, it's not a one-time situation. Oh, initially it is, but it's something we do day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. We can drift. But you can know what the truth is, then you can know whether or not you're giving your life to it. Second thing, and this is even more astounding, and more necessary for us to have life you will not only know what the truth is but you will know what freedom is the single greatest need of the human heart and soul outside of salvation is freedom freedom that Jesus can give to us in this fashion freedom from fear of anything has ever been a more scared group of people up on the face of the earth than this society in which we live in today. We're frightened. What are we scared of? Freedom from fear of death and freedom from fear of life. You know the God's honest truth about it is some of us afraid to live. We're just flat out afraid to live. We fall apart to scenes. We go mad. Uh, we spend sleepless nights simply because we're afraid to live. Oh, I know that I can handle today, seemingly, but what might happen to me tomorrow is a thing that drives me mad. And that's because you're playing God, you see. When will we stop this business of playing God and let God be God? Let Him handle us. Let Him use us. Let Him be to us what He intends to be and that is our God. Beloved, if you're going to try to play the part of God with your life, somebody's going to pick up the pieces of you somewhere and try to put them back together again. But when we let God be God, and we submit to him properly, you will find the freedom from fear that you never dreamed that could exist upon the face of this earth. In fact, when you saw this freedom in other people, you thought they were nuts. You thought they were faking it. Well, that's no faking. A lot of people might be. But I want to tell you that there is a place in the Lord Jesus Christ where it is genuine, it is true, it's beautiful, and it makes for a good living. Freedom from fear of life and from the fear of death. Freedom to know what is true as Jesus is trying to, to tell us. Freedom from the prison house of self. You know, the most horrible thing that can ever possibly happen to a human being is for this person to be a prisoner within his own body. Now, many of us are. Many of us are. Many of the prisoners that are locked up here within our city and have been within our country for years may not be as much of a prisoner in a sense as you are. And the one that keeps the prison door of your soul is a person without mercy. Oh my, how cruel they are. And how mean they can be. And how sadistic they are. You will know what it means to die a thousand times before you die once if you're a prisoner of your own being. And, beloved, I want to tell you something. The only one that I know that can set you free is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one. He is the only one that really can set you free and help you to be the person that God intended for you to be and to live creatively and dynamically as he intended for you to live. You can be set free. Count on. And you will be free from your sin. Now that's the most astounding thing in the world. You will be set free from your sin. Now it's interesting to note what Jesus said. And the way that he said it. And the thing that made them evidently so mad that they wanted to kill him. And he uses the analogy that a slave does not always stay in the house. That somewhere at a point of time that the slave will have to leave but not to son. He has authority to set the slave free. And Jesus said it is not only his authority that he can do it, but he wants to do it. Now notice he did not say that he would uh, completely make you free of sin in that you will cease to do wrong and you can't make any more mistakes. That's not what he's saying. But Jesus is saying that you are set free from your sins for one reason. And evidently one reason alone, that's out of your response to him, and that is he says that you are set free. You are free, Jesus is saying, because I say that you are free. Now isn't that astounding? Did he say to you that you are free because you feel like it? That you are no more charged with your sin because you feel like that you're not charged with your sin? No feeling in it at all. He says point blank that you are freed from your sin simply because I say that you are. I have have that authority. And isn't that wonderful? Now, I am ready to live. I am ready to live. If I can know the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he was sent to do, and to free me from my sins, and to prepare me for that which is yet to come, And to set me loose so I can live today without worrying about the disposition of my soul and I can get on with the business of living. If Jesus has come now to do this and I understand this and I know this within the deepest citadel of my heart and my soul. I know it to be so. And then I am free. And I want to tell you, beloved, that is the life that is fit for a king. It doesn't make any difference who you are, where you are, what your name happens to be or where you stand within the social ladder of our society or how much money or education or how little you have. You are loved of God. He sent to you the Lord Jesus Christ. And this Christ, being the Messiah, the Son of God, has said to you and to me with the power and authority given to him by the God that created us, That you have been loosed from your sins. It may be snowing outside. And it might be cold. But a heart and soul knows that beloved. Knows something of the eternal warmth that can come from God. And their soul can never be chilled. By any wind. That might blow. Upon the face of this earth. Oh Lord Jesus. Help us then. That all of us. My believe, and go home rejoicing today that we belong to Thee and to Thy kingdom. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.